Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode six of Apply Filters. I'm your host, Pippin Williamson, along with my co-host, Brad Tanar. Today, we're going to be talking about a few things. We'll start out with uh, discussing a little bit about what we've each been working on recently. Then we'll jump into some discussion about styles and plugins. We'll discuss our noteworthy plugins. And then if we have time for it, we might cover a few other topics. So with that, Brad, why don't you go ahead and take us away with telling us a little bit about what you've been working on recently. Yeah, sure. Um, I actually took on a little client project recently uh, for uh, basically they're an events promotion company. Uh, mm -hmm. I've been subscribed to their newsletter because they they basically send in a newsletter with like all the bands that are coming to town every you know couple weeks or so. So it's a pretty interesting little project. So I took it on, and uh, <laughs> believe it or not, it was the project involved building an events plugin. And you're gonna, you know, people are gonna be like, "What? Why is he doing that?" There's already like, you know, half a dozen great events plugins out there, um, mm -hmm. and but the client already tried all of them. That was the issue, and the, he didn't like them, and he wanted something that was e like easier to customize, more flexible, and so uh, that's what I built for him. I used uh, advanced custom fields, and I just created a custom post type using the plugin. And, Cool. So, so you really created a, a specialized event manager just for them. Yeah, exactly. And it's just, it's like super simple uh, and, and very flexible. And it's more like of a, I just kind of set up a solution for them to do their development sure. more than anything. And the plugin just facilitates that. Um, yeah, that's so, cool. So, yeah. Sometimes even if you, I mean, like there's a lot of event calendar plugins. Um, I mean, I wrote one even. Yeah. There, but just because there's an event calendar plugin or there's a lot of different, doesn't mean it's going to work for everything. Yeah. And sometimes it is easier just to roll your own. Yeah, and I, I found it actually pretty easy with the you know advanced custom fields did most of the heavy lifting for me. Sure. And I just you know I made the plugin require that. So you mm -hmm. know when you install the plugin, it said, oh, you need to install these other plugins first. So. Cool. It was Are you do pretty fun? Um, so Obviously, this is a client project that you've taken on. Have you been doing a lot of client projects recently, or have you been mostly getting away from that? Yeah, I've been mostly getting away from it. But I, I still like doing client projects now and then. Just, it's a nice I, change of pace, isn't it? It is. And I, you get that sense of completion at the end of the project. You're like, yeah, right. cr crank this one out. And, and, and the customer you know, likes what you've done. And I don't know. It's, it's different. It's very different than product work. So It really is. I did one not too long ago, and it was the first one I had done in several months and it was awesome it was actually a rushed job so i was up until like three or four in the morning trying getting it done i had like two days to build it oh um, wow even though it was it was like an adrenaline gig it was still really fun and just nice change of pace nice to do something that's a little different than my day-to-day -day work right right yeah i mean yeah I, I really enjoyed it i mean i think also it's it's good for source of inspiration like it really if, is. If you're looking for maybe another idea to I work mean, I on used to get something. all of my plugin ideas from client projects. Yeah. But I still do. Yeah. Sometimes. I mean, that's where you're going to run into problems, right? You're working to solve a problem and you're going to run into others. So, right. Yeah. Just makes sense. Definitely a great way to see here's a problem that exists. How do we solve it? And so, if there isn't something that already exists to solve it, you build it. Yeah. Exactly. So, what, what, would, cool. what have you been working on well, lately? Well, I've also been in the world of event management recently um i've i've personally built an event event calendar plugin uh but it was completely unrelated to that uh one of the probably 
most well-known event calendar plugins is the events calendar from Modern Tribe. Yep. Uh, and so uh, we decided to get together and build an event ticketing add-on for easy digital downloads. So they've had a, uh, if you wanted to sell event tickets, uh, they've had an add-on for a while that works with WooCommerce, um, but we really wanted to branch out and allow them to um, offer event ticketing through some other e-commerce plugins. So easy digital downloads seem to fit that bill really nicely. Um, since an event a event ticket is really a digital product in that sense, uh, it worked really really well. So I partnered with Tribe to uh, to to build that, and it, it's getting pretty close to release. I think we're uh, it's going through final beta testing and QA now. I don't I don't think we have a release date for it yet, but uh, we sent out a teaser video last week that showed off how the plugin works, and it's pretty cool. cool. Uh, it was a it was a, it was another nice change of pace. It was fun because I, I was able to work in a platform that I'm obviously familiar with, which is my e-commerce plugin, um, and I was able to build off of that. But I was also uh, it gave me a good chance to dive into the code and the framework of a of another platform. So like um, the events calendar has a um, an event ticketing framework basically. Oh really? That wow. makes it really easy for e-commerce plugins to tie into. So they just give you a base class that you extend. Hmm. Um, I was able to f to finish the work in in just a few hours to finish the, ba oh, the main wow. work of it, and I had a and I had a fully functional event ticketing system. It was pretty cool. Right, and so what that was, was like that a was major really challenge. Was there any major challenges in that, or was it just pretty straightforward stuff? Um, I I think the the biggest challenge was really just familiarizing myself with their framework. I mean, right. anytime that no matter how well a framework is written. Uh, you jump into something new and you've got to figure it out. So right. there were some mysteries. There was things I didn't, I wasn't sure how they worked. But overall, it was pretty straightforward. Um, yeah. And the the guys at Modern Tribe were all fantastic to work with. Right. Um, they have really solid developers and uh, and non-developers that are on the team. I mean, everybody there. I've met most of them in person and had some good good time over drinks with them. And they're just they're great people. Yeah, I've I've met Shane. Uh, Any anytime I can work ago. on a project that I enjoy from the development perspective and that I enjoy from the people perspective is a win-win. Yeah, I mean the two two guys that are at the top of that organization, uh, Shane and Peter. Uh, mm -hmm. There might be someone else there too now, but I can't remember. Uh, yeah, there's a there's a third one. It's I, I haven't uh, met him, but uh, but yeah, it's Shane and Peter, are just fantastic people. Mm -hmm. Good people. Yeah, I was I was working mostly with Rob, uh, who's one of the developers slash support guys, and also um, Daniel, who is one of the developers. Cool, so, great guys. Well, why don't we go ahead and jump into our first real topic, uh, sure. which is styles and plugins. Um, so, what what do you mean by styles and plugins? Sure. So, I mean it really varies from plugin to plugin, um, but. Take any plugin that outputs something on the front end of the website, whether it's attaching stuff to to blog posts, creating in, entire templates, doing anything that displays on the front end, and then styling that in some way. Interesting. So yeah. there's I, a huge range of what people will do with this. Some developers will basically leave it up to the theme. So hopefully the theme has some default styles that will apply to the markup. Right. Um, I, and then I'll tell you. Will... Let me tell you what I did with Sonic Events. Oh sure, I'd <laughs> love to hear. Because I actually just did this recently, and I didn't really look into like what other people were doing. <laughs> so <laughs> I may have done this completely wrong. Um, I did it. I just added a constant. Uh, so mm -hmm. if the const certain constant is defined, 
then uh and the concept was something like disable sonic events styles sure and uh if that concept was defined then it just wouldn't queue up those styles um I thought that's pretty common yeah that's okay good i um <laughs> I don't know if I've ever done it with a constant, um, but I've done it with like an option in the in the plugin. So let's take right. easy digital downloads for as an example. There's an option in the plugin that says disable all CSS. Right. And if we do that, we just don't load any of our CSS whatsoever. Um, mm, interesting. I wonder which though, works. I wonder like. Okay, so here's the debate here on this. Like, should it be an option or in the UI, or should it be in the code? Because Technically, you're, they're going to want to implement some kind of styles, right? Like at some point right. in, in the code. I, I think, I think what you have to make sure you do, regardless of which way you do it, there needs to be a way for themes or other plugins to take control of that. Right. Um, let's let's say that I've written a theme. Let, let's say that your Sonic Events plugin was a general plugin that you are distributing. And so I take that and I decide I want to build a theme for that plugin. Right. I want to make sure that I have a way of disabling your CSS and writing my own if need be. Now, as long as you've used uh, WP Uncue style and the, and the standard WordPress ways for loading your style sheets, you can actually always do it, which right. is something yeah. that I think a lot of people don't realize. Um, but you can, but it's not necessarily super easy because you have to make sure that you get the exact priority. Um, if the develop developer then goes and changes the priority that the CSS is loaded, then suddenly yours breaks. Um, so having a filter or a constant in place that allows you to disable that from a plugin or another theme works really well. So like in EDD, we actually have a filter that says it's for like EDD disable styles or something like that. So if a theme wants to do that, eat regardless of what the option in the plugin settings set, says they can force the styles to be disabled so that they can provide their own styling for everything. Um, I don't think you, think you that, don't need to know the priority, I don't think. I think you can just do like WP deregister style. Right. Yeah. Sorry. I was thinking for removing Prongs. an action. Yeah. You're thinking. Right. If you want to remove prong. an action, like if you wanted to remove the the WP uncue scripts action where they did the add action, then you have to know the priority. Right. Right. Gotcha. But if you want to just DQ the script, you don't. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for correcting me. Yeah, no problem. Um, I think the other thing is you could just add your own filter that gets executed and and enqueues the script. Uh, and certainly. Then, then you could just you know un unregister that uh, that filter, the default yeah. one. Uh, that might be too much abstraction, though. <laughs> in, in some way, whether whether you have a constant or you have a filter or something, a if your I think it comes down to this: if your plugin outputs significant CSS, there needs to be a way to easily remove it. Yeah. Regardless of what you decide that option is, yeah. I think this also leads into the question of what is too much CSS for a plugin to include, yeah. um, as opposed to maybe what's too little. So I've always been on the the bandwagon that says we should do really minimal CSS in plugins and let the let the themes control a lot of the the overall styling, um, and in general that works really well. But it does have issues because then we get users who are using themes that don't have maybe some some standard styles for, for like generic elements, and suddenly the plugin output doesn't look really good. Mm -hmm. um, so there's definitely that problem. But then if you also have a plugin that outputs a ton of styling and does all of these stylish effects, suddenly that doesn't necessarily mesh very well with other themes. 
um, and can be harder to overwrite. So, it, I mean, it's definitely a delicate balance. Yeah, it's tricky. Um, I, I almost like the approach of making a very like battle-hardened default style. So by battle-hardened, I mean it can't be influenced from by other styles. Mm -hmm. uh, and and just make a generic, which kind of forces the theme designers to you know uh, make styles for it, or whoever uses the plugin, it forces them to make styles for it. Because the chances that your theme is going to your theme's default styles are going to work with the plugin is pretty minimal, I think, right? Like I think that comes that brings up the point of structural CSS versus presentational CSS. Right. Um, where let, Let's say that your plugin outputs a lot of form elements on the page, and you really need those forms to have a, stand, a pretty standard layout and not allow that layout to be controlled by the theme or not, not depend on the theme to control those layouts. Right. Um, and you should really have two, two kinds of CSS. You should have the CSS that, that builds these layouts and makes sure that the layouts work. Um, and then you can have presentational CSS that actually outputs your colors and your gradients and all those things. And I think they should be able to be disabled separately. Um, I know that some people would yell at me because I'm loading two different CSS files in a plugin. <laughs> um, but I think the benefit greatly outweighs the cost of doing that. Right. So, you, I, I mean, mean you even, could, if, you even could if I don't want the appearance... Big deal. What was that? You could easily combine those in, in the code. Sure, you could. I mean, yeah. you could even just... You could even write your CSS such that it bases off of a body class, and then your presentational styles only af apply if that body class is there. Right. Granted, that assumes that your theme is written correctly and it has a body class, but we <laughs> hope that most themes do. Um, but I think that takes care of a lot of a lot of conflicts that that happen when you start getting into styles with plugins, because it does allow people to say, "Well, I really like." the main layout of this, but I don't want your purple buttons. <laughs> right. And so you can you can disable the 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 presentational CSS. Yeah. I know Brian Krogsgaard wrote a great blog post on it. Um, okay. I think on his I don't remember if it was on post status or if it was on his personal blog. Um, but he's got it somewhere. Okay. Maybe we'll we'll see if we can find it and put it in the show notes. Sure. Yeah, I I yeah, I mean, you can easily override the CSS in your own style sheet too. Like you can, if you, you if you want those purple buttons to be green or whatever, your your, your style sheet could override. Uh, right, but, but if you're but sometimes when you get into, but sometimes when you have those presentational styles, they can be really hard to overwrite with CSS, depending on how the original CSS was written, of course. Yeah, I mean, if they're using important on everything, then <laughs> then you're you're pretty much. You know, that's it. You can't override important. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it. I guess it depends what they did. But I don't know if you if you're using a plugin that wrote all their styles is important. I have to question the quality of that plugin <laughs> because I. Well, like, why would you do it's, that? It's kind of like taking the easy way out of conflicts. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, in in general, that's that is probably an indicator that there might be other problems in the plugin. Now, yeah. that being said, I write all of my plugins with important in the CSS. Really? Wow. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've done it. There's there's definitely cases where um, I have done it because um, there, there are some things 
especially when it comes to forms, there's there's some things that a lot of themes like to do, and and usually it comes from a theme developer just not knowing they shouldn't do that, um, and it caused enough conflicts that I I finally had to put an important declaration in there just to make sure that a theme doesn't affect it in that way. Yeah, I mean that makes sure. But, there's there but are certain you, times when it is very appropriate. Couldn't you just yeah? Wouldn't the better approach though be to uh, like just make the style more specific so add specificity by you know maybe adding the body tag and then you know two class names uh before yeah some i mean sometimes that sometimes that is what what cause what solves it and is is a better approach right but there there's definitely been scenarios where that i i've run into where that just didn't work right right okay. they're they're not huh. that common but it happens enough that sometimes and and usually it's not even like setting an important declaration for for all of the styles it's like for one thing like this right. element must be display block right or something right. like that right right and and the chances that they'd ever need it to be anything other than that would be exactly basically zero yeah that makes complete sense i haven't had the privilege of having to do a front end uh plug-in for public use yet <laughs> so <clears throat> i would consider myself challenge. lucky i, I think because <laughs> yeah I, it's, I, a, it's a fun challenge and a sometimes a nightmare right it can I be mean, i mean it can be super fun and and sometimes it works really well i think it really depends on how much output you're putting into the in the plugin and how much you want to control that output right so what does edd do like say i buy a theme from uh, theme forest and set it up and then install edd is it just gonna work pretty darn good with the styles in, in that general theme? we are very theme agnostic um we don't do a lot of templates when it comes to like we don't have a, a huge uh product grids or category grids or anything like that um that are very easy to mess up uh, we, I mean, we have we do have product grids, but we've built them such that they're extremely flexible and work. There are very few themes that they actually break in, um, but mostly, like, so the the main elements that we put out are purchase buttons and then our checkout form, um, and and we definitely see problems all the time where our checkout form looks like ass. <laughs> due to due to a, a a theme, and it's not necessarily because the theme is poorly written. It might just be that they have certain styles that just don't work well in combination. Right. Um, sometimes they've uh, they're styling form elements in a way that clashes with ours. Um, it used to be a bigger problem than it is now. We've gotten this CSS for the plugin written pretty well that it it's pretty solid, um, and we get a pretty uniform experience for the vast majority of themes now. That's cool. But that's something that takes time, and it's taken a lot of bug reports and a lot of customer support because it says, hey, this looks like crap. Fix right. it. <laughs> right. I can imagine, yeah. I mean, I I used WooCommerce for, for my site, and mm -hmm. and uh, I basically designed the site around its styles because <laughs> I, I just this dreaded is... styling all of it. This, this is actually um, some experience that I have with, with WooCommerce and actually some conversations with Brian Krogsgaard is where a lot of my opinions about presentational versus structural styles come in uh, because WooCommerce used to not have the option to disable... Um, it was basically disable all CSS or use all CSS. It was all or nothing. Uh, 
um, they actually have two options now. They have the presentational styling, and then they have the skeleton CSS. Ah, so cool. you can now disable the presentational styles, and you can have the skeleton CSS still. Huh. Which is cool, and I was really pleased to see him do that. Um, but WooCommerce is, um, along with some of the other big e-commerce plugins, is an example where they have a ton of markup that gets outputted on the front end. Oh, yeah. Um, it's crazy. And it's where, uh, I mean, you run into a ton of challenges with those. And and that's why when it comes to something like, like WooCommerce, having having a theme built specifically for, for, for WooCommerce can be really important. It's not mandatory, and a lot of themes do work perfectly fine um, without any WooCommerce-specific styling or templates, um, but it definitely come um, a one that is built specifically for the plugin will work better. Um, that was some, I have nothing against that. I actually think I have major I give major props to them for building something that does work on the majority of themes really well. That outputs so much markup. Yeah. Um, I mean, because the moment you get into a lot of markup, things get really complicated really quickly. Mm -hmm. um, Personally, that's one of the things that I wanted to avoid with EDD, and it's why we don't have giant store templates. Um, it, well, it's one of the reasons. We also wanted things to be really simple. Um, but it's it definitely gets into a, it's a challenging area for sure. I guess the, I guess my my position with like EDD and most of these e-commerce plugins are geared. I don't know. It just seems to me like they're geared to for developers right like they're not that easy for like uh a do <laughs> do it yourself they're, or to just install right so if that's the case if 95 percent, well let's say let's say 90 percent of of your users of the people that use those e-commerce plugins are developers or designers they should have the chops to override the styles and and customize as, you as know, needed right? but i actually i don't think that number is right i don't think no? I don't think even close to 80% of users are developers based purely upon support tickets like that we see. Yeah, obviously you're going to get support well, tickets for the do-it-yourself. Right, that, that, that's kind of the problem is that a developer is far less likely to open a support ticket than, say, a, a non-developer user. Yeah. Um, so it can be a little bit hard to judge, but judging from the issues that we do see reported um, in, in all plugins, I mean, it's not just in, in e-commerce, but specifically with, with e-commerce, a huge number of them are not necessarily developers. Right. Um, I mean, there is a good number. Uh, yeah. But there's also a ton of people that are like the little web shops that are not developers, but they're building sites using templates and plugins and things like that. Yeah. I guess this is why, like, when I when we first started talking about this, uh, I said, you know, almost, almost make it ugly. <laughs> you know, like, make the default styles Because then there's, like, no expectation for it to look yep. good. Right, and you're you're That's setting that expectation. Of... Like, if you're a do-it-yourselfer, you're either gonna have to learn to write CSS, or you're gonna mm -hmm. have to hire Absolutely. someone to do it. That's uh, the, that is the perfect example of why EDD does very very little in terms of output on the front end. Um, uh, we do try to make our output look pretty. Um, actually, we try to make it be very minimal so that it hopefully meshes with the theme well, um, but. We want because we we know that we have a ton of these do-it-yourselfers as opposed to developers. We want to make sure that their experience, their not that their expectations are too high, but we don't want to break expectations all the time. Right, Comic Sans, Pippin, just do it all Comic in Sans. Comic Sans. And... There we go. That's the answer. <laughs> Problem. And I think solved. that that has to sum up C the CSS discussion because that's good. That's a good ending for that. <laughs> cool, um, man. Actually, seriously, uh, 
let's go ahead and talk about some some noteworthy plugins. Sure. Yeah. Why don't you start with yours? Yeah, sure. So uh, I think quite a few people probably know about this plugin already. Uh, it's called Post to Posts, and it's by... Uh, if you're a developer and you don't Scribble. know about it, please go look it up. Yes, please do. It's on the uh, .org repo. Um, just search Posts and then uh, the number two Posts. I think that's how you find it. Yeah, that'll find it. Uh, but it basically allows you to create many, many relationships between posts, uh, and not just posts, but post pages, users, uh, custom post types. Um, so uh, what's a good example of this, Pippin? You're better at examples than me. Like sure. What... I, actually, I used this actually pretty recently for a really big project. Um, take, for example, an education site that produces courses. Yeah. Courses could be on, on any subject. And so let's say that you have courses, and inside of your courses you have lessons. Um, and so you create a course, and let's say that you, you have this post type for course, and then you have lessons that are in a second post type, and you want to relate them together. So lesson 5 through 24 are related to course X or Y. And it, so it allows you to build this relationship. Yeah. Um, so I built a system really recently for a client um, where they have these courses and they want to have these lessons and they have anywhere from two lessons to 75 lessons in a course. And they want to very easily connect the lessons together so that you can say, go to next lesson, go to previous lessons, show me all the lessons in this course, etc. And that's something that Post to Post does exceptionally well. Right. I just remembered uh, a time that I used it as well. Actually, when I was building WP App Store, I made a relationship between publishers, so people that developed plugins or themes and then related them to the product which was a different post type and so publishers had products so it was just this little relationship yeah i think that's a great example yeah and so yeah it's it's super handy for that kind of stuff and, and the, the great thing is under the hood it's very high performing uh it works uh off of a custom table uh, so it, it just does one join with that custom table to to get the relationships. So it's it's very uh, efficient. Yeah, with, I use it on my own site for showing related posts on tutorials. It works really great for like manually related posts. Um, I also use it sometimes for connecting plugins together. So like if I have related plugins, um, right. I will say like this plugin relates to this plugin in some form or other. Right. Um, I should also mention, goes... like the uh, sorry, Pippin, uh, the UI is like oh, awesome, yeah, right? Like he awesome. killed it, killed it with the UI. It actually does a lot more than I think people realize as well. Like, did you know that you can connect posts to users? Yeah, I just said that. <laughs> oh, I'm not yeah, listening. Yeah. Apparently, here I am, like doing my Google search trying to find something. And... But yeah, so no. I mean, it can connect posts to users. It can also do yeah. can it do user to user relationships? Uh, I, think, I don't. I don't think maybe. I'm not sure. I, I don't think um, so. If I was, if it's, if I. It was can guess. also. This is an area of the plugin I've never used. Is the like custom attributes. Like you can, you can add basically custom fields to the relationships. Yeah. And I've never used that. Have you? Have you ever done it? No, but I, I see in in the screenshots on on the WordPress.org site. Uh, it says it's got like an example. He's got like movies 
and he's got a role uh mm-hmm. and wow it's it's pretty cool you can like can you just yeah i mean he killed it with the ui again there's like drop yeah, downs it's, here. it's fantastic yeah so, um check it out yeah so uh my plugin my noteworthy plugin of the week i actually have two of them and this is because they're related and they both kind of do the same thing uh the first one is called cron view uh, and it's from Simon Wheatley, and basically just gives you a UI to see all of your scheduled events for, for the WP Cron API. So if you have events that run every day, every week, et cetera, you can see those. Uh, it also gives you the ability to manually schedule events. So let's say that you have an action that you want to take place, and for whatever reason, it's not a standard scheduled event, but you want it to go ahead and happen at 5 uh, 5 a.m. the next morning, you can manually add that. You can also manually edit events. Um, so that's the big one. It's called cron view. If you do anything with cron in in your own plugin development, your own like if you use it, it can be a great debugging tool. Uh, and the the one that goes with it is the debug bar add-on for cron, debug bar cron, which is written by Zach Tolman, Helen Sandy, and the 10up crew. And it's, it's basically the exact same thing, uh, except I don't think it gives you the ability to edit or add events. It's just to view them. They both work exceptionally well. Um, and I actually used this recently to figure out why something wasn't working. And so I had a I wrote a small API into EDD that basically, so we can have core events that happen in the plugin on a daily or weekly basis. And so if you want to tie into our our daily or weekly schedules, there's just a, a standard action to use during that. Um, and I realized suddenly that they weren't running, and I thought they had been running for months and months and months <laughs> since we introduced the API. And I realized that none of them were running ever, and they had never run. Like, literally, not a single one of the events had ever run. <laughs> Good thing we weren't actually, we didn't have too much depending on them. Um, but so I realized that they weren't running, and so I, I was actually using one of these plugins to go in and, and look and see if my events were scheduled, and I and I realized that I had, like, misnamed my action hooks. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> and I'd done something really I've stupid. Yeah. It's like, yeah, so. the, the whole, the way that we add actions work there is a little tricky. Um, I'm not even the, going to attempt Cron to explain UI, <laughs> Yeah, the WP Cron API definitely weirded me out the first time I used it. Yeah. And uh, um, I've, I've used this debug bar Cron before as well, and it's, it's pretty good. Um, like you said, yeah. it's better. I mean, it's better than doing print R. <laughs> which yeah, is, it definitely works better than doing print R. <laughs> which is the way I had been doing it before I found this. What? So, I still do it. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you just got to do a print R. <laughs> Sometimes. Sometimes you just need to do it. Yeah. Cool. Well, I think that wraps up our noteworthy plugins. And Brad, I think you have one more thing that you want to talk mention really quickly yeah so we've actually extended the deadline for big snow tiny conf which combines snowboarding and skiing with a little mini conference uh where you know business people that have businesses online get together and share ideas bounce uh topics off each other we're gonna have mastermind groups and all that awesome stuff that's fantastic uh, this is going to take place uh in a sugar bush mountain in vermont uh, in January. So if you're interested, uh, check the, the, the show notes, uh, bit, bitly dot, uh, or bitly slash, uh, big snow, tiny conf is the URL. That sounds a lot of fun. That's one of those. I really wish I could 
make it out to. I love that we're starting to see more and more of these type of things pop up. Um, like I think Beach Press is a perfect example that, of the that same was, sort of. That was the inspiration for this, actually. Oh, there we go. It was like it's like these these miniature conferences that are really yeah. saying, "Hey, look, we're we're all pretty well connected in the WordPress community." Uh, we have a, a tight-knit community, but let's get people actually face-to-face more often that wouldn't nece- normally meet up. WordCamps are great. Things like Pressnomics are great, but let's get a group of 20 people, 10 people together. I think it's a fantastic idea. Yeah, yeah. And this is, this is to be clear, this is about business. Uh, Beach Press, I think, is more about development. More development. More yeah. development. But, you know, same concept, and yeah, I, I can't wait. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it should be awesome. And I believe you're, are you co-organizing that with um, Brian, Brian Castle? Castle? Yeah, Brian cool. Castle of Restaurant Engine and Bootstrap Web Podcast. And I don't know, he does a bunch of stuff. <laughs> he does. He just released a new book, actually, too. So Yes, check, I saw that. Check, check that out. I haven't, I haven't read it yet, but I, I need to put it on my list. Brian was actually, um, I think, one of my... Not my early early clients, but he was one, he was one of the the early people in the WordPress community that I worked on ongoing with. Um, oh, nice! So we've had a pretty good good relationship. I actually worked with him a lot on Restaurant Engine. Oh yeah, cool. Yeah, so that was a is fun. That, was a fun is that project. running EDD? No, it's actually a completely custom registration system. Okay. Cool. Uh, it's all it's all powered by Stripe. Oh, cool. Yeah, basically we set it up so somebody signs up for a Stripe subscription and it goes and creates them a multi-site or it creates them a site in a multi-site install and sets yeah. up all their billing and account info and all that jazz. Yeah. I got to tell you, if I was topic. ever building a site for a restaurant, <laughs> I would probably check that out the way he has that set up. Um, yeah, it, it's pretty slick. Yeah. Cool. Well, cool. I think we need to wrap things up here for today. Um, thanks yep. for joining us, everybody.